Welcome. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. If this is your first time coming to the channel, here on this channel, we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand what we're reading, and then we make applications for our lives. And I post a new video by Wednesday of every week. So last week we were on, we were in Exodus chapter 27, uh, where uh, it gave instructions on the altar, the burnt off, off, altar of burnt offerings, gave plans for the courtyard. And we read about how the tabernacle lamp stand, lamp was supposed to stay lit all the time. And the pure olive oil that they had to use to keep the lamp burning. So this week we're going to be in Exodus chapter 28 where we're going to talk about the priest's garments. And in talking about the priest's garments and, and, and why are we going to be talking about the priest's garments? Uh, because we are also called to be priests. Not only are we called to be priests, but Jesus is our high priest. So we want to get into some of that because how many people know there's mysteries in this Bible and everything that got put in this Bible is for us to search out, for us to read, for us to meditate on, for us to think on. And as we do that, you know, I'm thinking of that scripture that says, uh, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. So if you really want to know more about God, more about his word, then you ask him, Lord, open up your word to me. You, you keep seeking him for understanding. Amen. And, and if you knock and he's going to open up the door to you, he's going to show you some things. And, and you don't necessarily have to always wait for somebody else to, <clears throat> to teach you. Uh, trust the God in you to read your scriptures and learn uh, and trust that he's going to open up your understanding. Amen. Because he wants an intimate relationship with you. So I just want to encourage you to read your scripture and by all means, read, you know, read it with me, you know, because we're, we're going through the Bible together. We're reading through the scripture to understand it. But I just want you to know that you have a God in you that can also uh, enlighten you, that the Holy Spirit in you is there to enlighten you. So, you know, don't be so, so dependent on other people. So read along with me. Uh, and as you read it, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to see in it? And you could be seeing things in the scripture right along with me as I'm seeing things. And I will, of course, share with you what he, what the Holy Spirit shows to me. And you can be enriched with what he shows uh, to you as well. Amen. Because there's a lot in the scripture. And nobody knows all the answers. We're all learning. We're all learning the Bible. Amen. Amen. So let's just start with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just praise you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come in and be the teacher. Lord, we can't do this on our own. Lord, we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. We want to know you better. We ask that you would unveil yourself to us, oh God. Enlighten us. Show us those things that have been hidden from us. Father, we're careful to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so before we start talking about the priests and the priest's garments, <clears throat> And, and, and I get it, you know, I know that um, we don't like to read the book of Leviticus. We don't like to read some of those Old Testament books because they're, you know, quite frankly, we don't understand them. You know, they were written for people uh, back in the day. They're doing things that we don't have to do in our day and time. But the things that they were doing was a type and shadow of what happened to us. 
the, the things that they were doing with sacrificing all the animals was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ coming to be our ultimate sacrifice. We're going to read today about the, the priest and the priest's garments. And we're going to find that uh, a lot of things in his garments, it seems to be so simple. And you can miss these things if you're not looking for them, or if you're not asking the Holy Spirit to show you some things. But even in the priest's garments, there are a lot of mysteries and secrets and uh uh, things that God wants to show us, even just in the colors that they use uh, to make his garments uh, and how they put it together. So we're going to we're gonna look at some things and we're going to keep it simple. Remember, I told you that my um, mandate is just to try and keep it as simple as possible. So I'm just going to give you what the Lord gives to me. And hopefully that that just wets your whistle enough for you. You want to go back and study it yourself and see what else the Holy Spirit will show to you. Amen. Amen. So. Uh, the scriptures I want to read about the priest, since we're going to be reading about the priest and his garments today. Jesus is our high priest. So this is why we're reading about the priest, because it does affect us. The, what they have in the book Leviticus and Numbers, because we're in Numbers chapter 28, but Leviticus is really going to be a lot, uh, a lot more information about the priesthood. So what's written in the Bible uh, was written for our learning. And it's talking about the priest. So the priest in Leviticus is a type and shadow of our high priest, who is Jesus Christ. And a couple of scriptures I want to read to you from the New Testament, because Jesus Christ uh, was representing God to us. So he was our high priest. He represented God to us. And he also represented us to God. That's what the high priest does. The high priest in Leviticus, you're going to find he represents God to the people, to all the other Israelites, and he represents the people to God. So he brings a message to the people from God, and he takes uh, the, the people's sin to God for God to, for the Holy Spirit to atone uh, for, for, this, for the people's sins to be forgiven. So he was the go-between. He was the one that was praying for them. He was the one that was interceding for them. And this is the job of the priest that Jesus had, and not only that, but it's a job for us. We're going to see, we're going to read a couple of scriptures that's going to show you we are also called to be priests, priests of God. We are also called to represent God to the world. People are supposed to look at us and see Jesus. Just like we looked at God and, and uh, Jesus and saw God, because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Me and the Father are one. They're supposed to be able to look at us and see Jesus. Look at us and see, okay, that, that's a child of the king there. Amen. So let's just read a couple of those scriptures and you can um, listen. I'm just going to read them to you, write them down, and, and by all means, go back and read them for yourself. But in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16 through 17, it says, We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham, which is us. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters. Did Jesus come not, come, did not, didn't he come down and become a man? He came down, became human. God turned, made flesh and dwelt among us so that he could be our merciful. So he came down to be made just like us so he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Amen. Because he could relate to us. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 12, it says, So Christ has now become the high priest. And I, and I want you to make a distinction because 
there was only one high priest at a time. And the high priest could only be descendants of Aaron. And Jesus, as the high priest, there were other people. They weren't all high priests. Only one high priest at a time. Supposed, supposed to be. So Christ was now, has now become the high priest over all good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands. So it said Christ entered the tabernacle. Remember, the priest is going to the tabernacle for the Israelites. When we read in, in um, Exodus, Exodus chapter 28. Well, here Christ is going into a tabernacle. Jesus is going to a tabernacle for us. But it's not a tabernacle that's of the earth. It's a tabernacle in heaven. So it's a spiritual tabernacle. Remember, I said it's a type and shadow. Moses actually built a, a, a physical tabernacle, a real tabernacle right here on earth. But Jesus went into a, a spiritual tabernacle. He went into the spiritual house of God. He went into heaven for us. And it was a tabernacle that was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, talking about Jesus, not the blood of goats and calves, which we're going to be talking about in Leviticus, in Leviticus how they used to go to a uh, blood of animals to atone for their sins. Jesus didn't use the, the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Every time I, I think of that, I just rejoice because when you read about all these animals that they uh, continually had to sacrifice, there was a task. It was a task they had to do and it, it was expensive. Uh, it was time consuming. But they had to do that in order to atone for their sins. If they made a mistake, did something wrong, the way they had to get that resolved was bring an animal into the tabernacle, let the priest uh, kill the animal, put the blood on the, on the uh, brazen altar, and so their sins could be atoned for, or whatever mistake they made, so they could be forgiven. Well, thank God we don't have to do that, because Jesus Christ, when he died for us, once for all and forever, just one time, when he went in there, and atone for our sins, there never needs to be another animal sacrifice because his blood was sufficient to cover us forever. To cover our sins, past, present, and future. I don't know, I just love saying that because it's just amazing that the one thing that he did, when, the awesome thing that he did when he sacrificed his life, it was so powerful. He was the perfect lamb that he uh, covered our sins from our past, Anything that I might mess up and do right now, my present, and anything that I might slip up and do in the future, oh, thank you, Jesus, it's already been covered. Jesus does not have to come back here and die again because I made a mistake today. No, I have to repent. I have to ask God to forgive me, and the blood is already there. It still works. It's still there if you call upon him. If you ask him to forgive you, he will. Amen. It's just so awesome. And because he know us, he knew that we were going to keep messing up. He had to make that perfect sacrifice that will cover us forever. So, amen. So Jesus is our high priest. And then the other um, thing I want to bring out about the, high, about the priest is that he has also made us kings and priests. In 1 Peter 2, verse 4 through 5, it says, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. Now, I know you've heard that word cornerstone before. For, for those that don't know what that means, a cornerstone, when you look it up, a cornerstone is the foundation of a building. 
It's the first stone that is set down in the construction or foundation of a house or a building. So it's the very first stone. So Jesus is the very first stone. He is the cornerstone. He's the chief stone. And he was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Verse five, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So remember I said that's a natural, as a type of the spiritual. That was a natural tabernacle that Moses was building, but we are his church. We're being built into a temple. We are the stones. We are the, the ones that are making up that temple. Every Christian, when I say we, I'm talking about every Christian that accepted Christ into your heart. You're part of that temple, that heavenly temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. So you're going to represent him to the world because you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. So what is that saying? We're doing, we're doing his will. We're being obedient to him. We're bringing the sacrifices of praise. We're offering ourselves. We're sacrificing our money. Whatever he tells us to do, that's what we're doing. And it's pleasing to God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, it says, But you are not like that. And these, uh, it's talking about people that uh, that are not like that. And first, let's, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to look at that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Okay, uh, in verse, verse 8, it talks about him. He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. So some people stumble over Jesus. And I'm reading verse 8, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. So those that know to do good and don't do it, they're going to be whooped with many stripes. They're going to uh, be held accountable for not obeying God and following God's word, for not giving their heart to the Lord at some point. Okay, verse 9, but you are not like that. You're not like one of the ones that stumble. For you are a chosen people. Talking about you and I, everybody that has said yes to the Lord, come into my heart. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. What we're going to be talking about today. So if he said this is what we are, don't you think we, we want to know what entails being a priest what 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 did it mean so this is one reason why we're studying this because he said you are a royal priest a holy nation god's very own possession as a result you can show others the goodness of god and how do we show others the goodness of god simply by living our life with jesus you know it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily be up preaching his word or doing anything like that but just living your life every day showing forth who you belong to amen representing him well being kind to people being nice to people doing the right thing as a result you can show others the goodness of god for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light this is what jesus did for us once you had no identity as a people. This is before Christ, BC. And a lot of us, you know, have some, some powerful testimonies of how Christ saved us. We know what we were before we got with Christ. 
He said, once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And thank God for his mercy and his grace. Thank God. Where, have you ever thought, where would you be if Jesus had not found you? Jesus had not saved you. If he had not touched your heart. Amen. Where would you be? I often wonder that. What would my life be like now if I had not, if Jesus had not come and rescued me? If he had not come and lived in my heart? I was saved when I was 14 and I do not regret it. But sometimes you wonder, but for the grace of God, go I. Amen. Amen. So let's go to, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 28. Time is really taking, taking by here. But I wanted to read those scriptures to you about the priest. So you get a, an idea of why we're reading this because we are called to be priests and Jesus also is our high priest. So in verse 28 says, call your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, and set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priest. Make sacred. So he's talking to Moses and he's telling Moses to call Aaron and his, and his sons. Aaron had four sons. Well, that's his name. Verse two, make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skillful craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. Now remember the high priest who is Aaron is going to have different garments than, than the other priests. And he said, make garments that's going to distinguish him. Because the other priests are going to have a simple uh, white linen uh, garment. This is what the, the other priests are going to wear. That's just a simple white outfit with the little uh, sash wrapped around their, uh, their waist. But Aaron is going to look like this. He's the only one that's going to look like that. The high priest is the only one that looks like that. Uh, and and uh, make that they make garments for Aaron that would distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. These are the garments they are to make. A chest piece, an ephod, and a robe. A patterned tunic. So he's just named off everything that, he, that you see with the, on this priest right here. A turban, which goes on his head, and a sash that goes around his waist. And they are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen, fine linen cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Now, remember I told you, everything means something when you're studying God's word and, and there's messages and everything. So there's messages even in these colors that he's given. Fine linen, the fine linen was white and it represents the righteousness of the saints. The gold thread is going to represent the nature of God. The blue represents the anointing or the heavenly things. Think about the blue of the sky. The purple is it represents royalty. Jesus was royalty. And the scarlet represents the cross or the blood of Jesus. Verse 6. The craftsman must make the ephod of finely woven linen and skillfully embroider it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Now the ephod is, and they got it named here. I don't know if you can see it all. The ephod is, is this um, this garment here with all the colors in there. So this is what they're talking about right now. 
The craftsman must make the ephod of finely woven linen and skillfully embroider it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. And it will consist of two pieces, front and back, joined at the shoulders with two shoulder pieces. Before we go any further, too, I just want to uh, make another uh, statement, too, about the, his, his garments. This blue, purple, and scarlet, and the gold entwined, the colors that the high priest has on are the same colors that are in the tabernacle that the people on the outside couldn't see because they couldn't go into the holy place. But it was the same colors that's in the holy place. When you look up the, the covering over the whole tabernacle was those exact same colors that the priest is going to have on his outfit. So which speaks to us that the priest was actually representing the holy things of God. So when you looked on the priest, you were look you, you were looking on some holy things of God. You were you were seeing God. You were seeing a type of God because he represented everything that was inside the tabernacle. The exact same colors that he wore. And think about it, how Jesus came to this earth. He said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. When we saw Jesus, we were seeing God. That was a God that we were seeing through Jesus. Verse 8. The decorative sash will be made of the same materials, finely woven linen, embroidered with gold, and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Verse 9. Take two ox stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of Israel. Six names will be on each stone, arranged in the order of the births of the original sons of Israel. Engrave these names on the two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in settings of gold filigree, uh, F-I-L-I-G-R-E-E, -E, that's metal. So you're going to mount the stones in gold metal. And fasten the two stones to the shoulder pieces of the ephod as a reminder that Aaron represents the people of Israel. Aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder whenever he goes before the Lord. So what they're talking about here is right, I don't mean to barely see it, but there's a couple of stones that is going to be on his shoulder here. And on those stones, well, here's a picture of it here. These are the two stones, the ox stones, that are going to be on Aaron's shoulders. And those stones are going to have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. So that whenever Aaron goes in to represent the people, he's carrying them on his shoulder. It's a reminder of him that you are representing all of Israel. Because all the tribes' names are written on those two stones that were going to be on his shoulders. And it says, verse 13, make the settings of gold metal. Then braid two cords of pure gold and attach them to the to the metal settings on the shoulders of the ephod. So those those stones that have those uh two names is going to be attached to. It's going to be a gold a gold plate underneath them, and that they're going to be attached to, and they're going to be added to his shoulders. Verse fifteen. Then with great skill and care, make a chest piece to be worn for seeking a decision from God. Make it to match the ephod using finely woven embroidered, finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, same colors. Make the chest piece of a single piece of cloth, fold it to form a pouch that's about nine inches square. So they're talking here about this, this little chest piece. This is a chest piece that's going to be right here. And it's going to be folded. 
So it's going to be a, a piece of cloth and they're going to fold it. And then they're going to, we're going to read what else they're going to do with it here in verse 18. I mean, sorry, verse 17. Mount four rows of gemstones on it. And we're not going to read all these gemstones because there's a lot of, there's uh, three gemstones on each row. So they have four rows of these beautiful stones on this, on this chess piece. Go down to verse uh, 20. So the fourth row will contain a blue, green, let's go to 21. Because they're just, they're just listing what the stones are. So there's four rows, three stones in each one. Verse 21, each stone will represent one of the 12 sons of Israel. And the name of that tribe will be engraved on it like a seal. So again, they're talking about on his this chest, please, there's uh, four rows of stones, uh, beautiful stones. And on each one of those stones is a name of one of the tribes of Israel. One of Jacob's 12 sons who uh, made up the tribes of Israel. So the four, okay, in verse 22. To attach a chess piece to the ephod, make braided cords of pure gold thread. Then make two gold rings and attach them to the top corners of the chess piece. Tie the two gold cords to the two rings on the chess piece. Tie the other ends of the cords to the gold settings on the shoulder pieces of the ephod. Then make two more gold rings and attach them to the inside edges of the chest piece next to the ephod. I know it's really technical, but we're going to get through this. Verse 27. And make two more gold rings and attach them to the front of the ephod up below the shoulder pieces, just above the knot where the decorative sash is fastened to the ephod. Then attach the bottom rings of the chest piece to the rings of the ephod and the blue cords. So basically he's telling you how this is going to be attached. So there was some gold uh, rope here that attached it to the uh, onk stones that were here. And then there was uh, another uh, blue cord that was going to attach it to the sash that goes around his waist. So he's just basically telling you how that's going to be attached to uh, Aaron's clothing. Okay. Um, and again, I would encourage you to Google uh, the priest garments on YouTube, and you'll be able to see all this really plainly. Verse 29. Then attach the bottom rings of the chest piece to the rings of the ephod and the blue cords. This will hold the chest piece securely to the ephod before the decorative sash. Verse 29. In this way, Aaron will carry the names of the 12 tribes on the sacred chest piece. So each one of those stones had a name of the 12 tribes. There were 12 stones, three in each, four rows, three in each row, and they had each one of them had one name of one of the 12 tribes. Over the, he will carry this over his heart when he goes into the holy place. This will be a continual reminder that he represents the people when he comes before the Lord. So he's going to carry, he's got their names on his shoulder, those two ox stones, has a 12 tribe name, six on this side, six names on that side. He also has a 12 tribe name on the breastplate. So he's carrying it on his heart, on his shoulder, and on his heart. So all, to always remember that he's representing the people of God. And then verse 30 says, insert the urine and the thummim into the sacred chest piece so they will be carried over Aaron's heart when he goes into the Lord's presence. In this way, Aaron will always carry over his heart the objects used to determine 
This is what the Urim and Thurman was. To determine the Lord's will for his people whenever he goes in before the Lord. Now, there's a lot of um, commentary that talks about the, the uh, Urim and Thurman. We don't really know what it was because the scripture doesn't really tell us. But some think it was like a black stone and a white stone. And that maybe if he pulled the black stone, if you had, because you would go to him for an answer, go to Aaron for an answer. And if he pulled the black stone out, the answer was no. And if he pulled the white stone out, that means yes. I don't know if that's true, but that's what some of the commentators are saying. So we really don't know what it is, but that's what uh, they say that they believe it was. It was a way of uh, God giving Aaron answers for the people. Amen. Says the additional clothing for Aaron. Make the robe that is worn, verse 31, that is worn with the ephod from a single piece of blue cloth with an opening for Aaron's head in the middle of it. Reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. So they're talking about this little blue part here that you've seen underneath there. That's another uh, robe that's underneath um, this other garment here, underneath the breastplate. So I need the breastplate and the ephod. Okay, with an opening for Aaron's head in the middle of it, reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. Make pomegranates, that's in the bottom of that blue robe that you can see, pomegranates out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. Oops, sorry about that. Just want to make sure you see this. Okay, make pomegranates out of the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn on the bottom of the blue robe. A pomegranate, now they're making it out of yarn, but a pomegranate is actually a fruit. And they, But they're making it to look like a, a pomegranate. Out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and attach them to the hem of the robe, that blue robe I showed you, with gold bells between them. The gold bells and the pomegranates are to alternate all around the hem of that blue, uh, blue uh, garment. Aaron will wear this robe whenever he ministers before the Lord, and the bells will tingle as he goes in and out of the Lord's presence in the holy place. If he wears it in the holy place, if he wears it, he will not die. So it was really important how God is being very specific that you have to wear these clothes. And if you don't wear them, you could die. Because think about it. These clothes that God is having him put uh, make for Aaron and for the priest is making them holy, actually. If they don't wear these clothes... They will die. So, but if, because they have these clothes on, God recognizes these clothes as being holy. Verse 36. Next, make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it like a seal with the words, Holy to the Lord. That goes on his head. That's the mitre that's on his head. Attach the medallion with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban, where it must remain. Aaron must wear it on his head, on his forehead, so he may take on himself any guilt of the people of Israel when they consecrate their sacred offerings. He must always wear it on his forehead so the Lord will accept the people. So he's got a sign on his head that says holy to the Lord. Verse 39, and we're almost done here. Weave Aaron's patterned tunic from fine linen cloth. That's the tunic that's what's going to be underneath his clothes. Fashion the turban from his from this fine linen as well. The turban is the hat that is on his head. So he's got like a white uh, fine linen underneath that blue. And he also has a turban on his head. Also make a sash that goes around his waist and decorate it with colorful embroidery. For Aaron's sons, now the sons wore something different, remember? The sons, he said, make them tunics 
So they just had the white outfit on, the sash, and special head coverings that are glorious and beautiful. So their, their outfit was, was pretty plain compared to what Aaron, Aaron wore. Clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so that they can serve as my priests. Also make them undergarments for them to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips. So the undergarments go from the hips all the way down to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle or approach the altar in the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not incur guilt and die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. So God is very specific. I know that was a lot to take in, but those were describing um, the garments specifically that Aaron was supposed to wear. And if he wore them uh, and was obedient to do just what God told them to do, then they would not die and they would uh, properly represent the people. Amen. I know we went a little bit longer than what I expected, but... Uh, Remember, we're called to be priests. And as well as Jesus being our high priest, we are also called to be priests. So we need to know a little bit about what the priesthood is all about. But if you haven't accepted Christ into your heart, if you don't know what we're talking about, this all seems foreign to you about Christ dying for you, then please go to my channel, read through the Bible to Elder Linda. There's a playlist on there called The Sinner's Prayer where it'll teach you why you need Jesus and there's also another playlist on there that tells you about your salvation. Amen. Because time is winding up and we want you to be saved. Amen. We want you to know what we're talking about. We want you to be able to read the Bible and understand it as well. Amen. Amen. So let's just close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this lesson. We thank you, God, that you've called us to be kings and priests. Lord, help us to understand. Open up our understanding so that we know that Everything that you wrote in your scripture, in the word of God, is for our learning. It's for us to learn something from it, oh God. Open up our understanding. Lord, keep us teachable. And we'll be careful to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.